This week on the Koshcast, we're joined by Sonia Misio in a Serie A special as tragedy strikes in Florence, Dybala strikes in Rome, and Dzeko strikes in Naples in a dramatic weekend in Italy. We'll also preview Milan's Europa League clash with Arsenal and ask whether Gattuso will not venger out of the competition, of his job, and, you know, just physically. We'll also round up the latest Premier League action where a man who regularly displays his genitalia on television declares Chelsea's tactics a crime against football. Salah and Son is not in fact a grocery store but two of the most informed players in the league and we'll also go local and discuss Toronto FC's opening weekend and upcoming Champions League tie against Tigres. Don't hit pause. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Roche is here. Hello, hello. Bernie is here. What up? Mohanad is not here, but in his place, we have a very able replacement. Sonia Misio, how are you? Good, how are you guys doing? Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. If people don't know who you are, which I, you know, that's not possible, but just in case, <laughs> um, who are you? Uh, Jesus, we're going I, I know, deep really quick. <laughs> no, who are you? Who are you? In relation to football. I am a freelance writer who's kind of dabbled all over Italian soccer, Swiss soccer, Canadian soccer. Um, I am the co-founder and COO, which I never actually remember what it stands for. (laughs) Chief Uh, something. Yeah, Chief something. I'm some sort of (laughs) C-suite. For Unusual Efforts, which is a blog slash news source. I I don't really know how we classify ourselves that help um, women and trans, uh, transgender and non-binary people post soccer articles and we try to slip them in with different organizations that may be able to benefit from their knowledge and yeah, we cover games. Cool. Sometimes. And you are an Udinese fan, famously, I am. Yeah. Uh, and a Toronto FC fan. Yep. One by default and one by choice. Stupid okay. mistakes. <laughs> which, which is which? <laughs> um, I think actually TFC by default and Udinese by choice because no one else in my family other than my father is really an Udinese fan and TFC, I mean, they just came of age when I started coming of age in my soccer relationship so they were sort of my default to go to games and now we can't get rid of each other. Nice. Great. Well, I mean, Bernie literally chose to come to U of T because Toronto had a football team and Vancouver didn't. That's simple. (laughs) Literally that simple a decision. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, um, so why don't we start with Toronto FC? They uh, started their league campaign this weekend with a dismal 2-0 loss to Columbus. Sonia, you were at the game. I was, unfortunately. How dismal was it on a dismal scale of, you know, one to... Dismal. What's the the worst? Dismal. One to Montreal Impact. Mm. Shots fired! (laughs) It's a bit early for this. Only (laughs) in the first week! (laughs) Did Montreal win their first game against Vancouver too? I don't know, I didn't watch it. I was watching the Raptors. Let me check. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know why it was so disappointing? Um, Because Tuesday's game for Champions League was so much better. And I know there's sort of a divided fact about this because a lot of people also found that game boring and slow and TFC wasn't showing up how they were in last season. But at least in the Champions League game, you could kind of see them going through the motions. You could see like... The wheels turning, they kind of knew what they were playing. They looked like they were having fun, like the guys looked like they were having a laugh on the pitch. Mm. Um, You can see sort of their thought process on things. And then this game, it just, they were slow, they were sluggish. I don't know if it was Mm. the 
1 p.m. start time. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was not a team that we've been used to seeing. It's not a team that we've been used to seeing like six years ago. Like they weren't bad. They were just very lackluster. And mm. I almost wish they were bad because that's almost more. <laughs> it's easier to take. Yeah, exactly. From the sounds of it, it could be just the high frequency of games to start the season. For sure. For sure. And yeah, um, yeah the fact that they maybe want to focus on Champions League. They have another game coming up on Wednesday. It's it's going to be tough. And so I can't really begrudge them. Well, I, I can and I will begrudge them and for you things. Have. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, what am I talking about? But um. Yeah, it just, it was a really disappointing game to go and see. And it was also really cold, which didn't help my mood. So mm-hmm. there was that as well. Fair enough. Well, they did Same. start slow last season as well. I think mm. we had one win, five draws, and a loss. And that home opener was also very cold, just saying. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I missed the dome that. openers when it was raining, right? Yeah, it was, it was awful. A yeah. yeah, it was terrible. Brutal. I, to be fair, the club started slowly, just in general, mm-hmm. just the first 10 years of yeah. nonsense. Well, no, the first year was great. <laughs> oh, that's true. The first year was fantastic. <laughs> because um, there were no expectations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. I think. They've set the bar for themselves really, really high. I think you have characters like Vanny and like Michael Bradley who don't really take any shit anymore and like who I don't think are used to the TFC that a lot of TFC fans are used to that doesn't really exist anymore. But Mm -hmm. because they've set their expectations so high, I think they're going to be beating themselves up a lot more than fans are. Obviously, we have new players coming in the roster, so it's kind of growing pains and finding spots. And just in general, it was... It was not what I was expecting. I'd rather have seen a complete blowout. Mm-hmm. Like, 2 nothing is not I, I think, great, but... I think I'm happy in the sense that the reaction to the game, except for a smattering of people on Twitter, mm-hmm. has not been of, oh, what's going on? You know, this is not the same yeah. team. It's, it's People kind of understand it's the first game. Yeah. Let it happen. There's a lot of things that, that, that could have contributed to this. And I think you'd rather get this loss in now. Yeah, you know, for sure. as we're supposed to sleepwalking through the start, winning games, get expectations up, and then you lose, and then things start crashing out. Now they're gonna say, "Hey guys, we actually have to have to step up," mm-hmm. and that will carry on for the rest of the season. So I think I think it's okay. Well, one yeah. of the things that I, I was delighted to see when you talk about like TFC fans showing perspective and sympathy is a lot of the reaction to Vanderbilt's <clears throat> underwhelming debut performance was, "It's just had a baby, guys." Like he just got to a new yeah. country. Yeah, he's yeah. just had a baby. Yeah, he was on like, give him yeah, a few yeah. weeks. Yeah. And to be honest, he probably shouldn't have even started. Yeah. He's probably or, exhausted. Or like they would compare it to Mavinga. They're like, remember Mavinga started? <laughs> yeah. No one like that either. Oh, his and first so, game was horrible. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, but I think that's sort of, I guess, the positive spin that you can put on things is that TFC fans are kind of more self-reflective now. It's not all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. For most fans, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're only one game into the season, and we advance into the Concacaf Champions Exactly. League. Yeah. Which I is nice. think the fact that we played Columbus also has a lot to do with the negative feelings. I mean, losing to any other team other than probably Montreal, like I think that also kind of got a lot of people. But there was a few Columbus fans out there. It was there's right. some history. There's like a there's like a trophy between these two. Yeah. 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 Which, Which may not exist. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. you know, I went to Columbus for the second leg um, in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year now, I guess, even though it was like four months ago. And the atmosphere there was incredible. It was a lot of fun. Columbus fans are good rivals. I mean, I would be sad to see Columbus go, yeah. but... It's a, they're an original team. And oh, for sure, yeah. I, I hate the, the idea teams. of moving an original team to... You know, moving them down south. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just to talk about about TFC, I find it completely disrespectful that the American media acts as if TFC didn't happen, or as if TFC winning the the, the cup didn't happen. Did Firstly, you see the Garber's, banner. Uh, open letter. Yeah, it, it's, 
Firstly, they're not on the on the any promotional material, which I find unbelievable. I don't yep. care if it's an American market or not. That's the champion. Show some respect. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people that said, "Oh, this isn't the greatest. Last season is not the greatest team of all time." But it literally is. Yes. Like it really on is. paper, you can't like it's a fact. <laughs> yeah. It's not my opinion. I, I heard Adrian Healy say, "Well, you have to give them two or three years, see if they can do it again." No, and no, I you get don't. it. <laughs> some people did do it back to back, LA Galaxy, but still. You have never seen those numbers put up ever. Yeah. And Jovinko since he came into the league's investor ever. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, don't at me. Don't any of that. Don't any of that. Hang on. I don't agree with that. Whatever. Here you go. Um, so let me preface this by I'm looking very um, micro here, not macro. Mm-hmm. But I think the best signing ever for TFC, other than Chad Barrett, is Victor Vasquez. Okay. Good Silence. shout. Good wow. shout. I'm not, I'm not with Good it. I'm not with it. As much as I love that man, love that man, I'm not with it. Because the first season, I get it in terms of impact. Because I think mm-hmm. without Victor Vasquez, you don't win. Micro level, micro MLS level, not macro. I, I agree with you. But I preface my Jovinko statement with his first season in MLS was the greatest season individually ever. The numbers he put up with goals and assists was literally a record. And the goals that he scored, don't forget that Red Bulls goal that he scored. Is one of the best MLS goals ever. Period. So his impact, and he carried it on for two. It's his third year, right? Or is it? He's already yeah, been here yeah. two years already. Yeah. I don't know. Even Robbie Keane didn't do this stuff. Like it's that's just mm. my feeling. So I'm gonna plug myself here for a second. Please do. If, if you were to Google Sonia Missio plus Javinko, uh, you will find two articles that pop up. It's a part one and part two, and they're both titled "Why Javinko's the Worst Signing in TFC History." <laughs> no. What? No. We're ending this yeah. podcast. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just the amount of players no. that come before him on that list is staggering. Okay, give me two. Jao uh, Plata, <laughs> for a start. Huh? Exactly. Um, Plata was great. Oh, you mean in terms of being worse? Yeah. Oh, I oh. thought you meant in terms of being the best. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. Do you remember how many balls he would bring down because we would just long ball at him? <laughs> oh. Same with Robbie Earnshaw. Three, Robert three. Earnshaw. Robert Earnshaw. Sorry, um, sorry. What's his name? Uh, Torsten Franks. Horrendous. Torsten Franks was great. No. He, no oh, okay. Whoa, he whoa, 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 whoa. No. He couldn't move. He was so fat. Um, <laughs> he was like a little Pokemon. <laughs> okay, hold on. He was the reason for my all-time favorite TFC goal. And I know we've had this talk before. Yeah. The corner against Vancouver when Terry Dunfield headed in. Beautiful. You're telling Beautiful. me you're picking a corner over Javinko <laughs> dribbling four players and then finishing it from outside the box. Yeah, Toronto circa 2012? Yes, 100%. That's a better goal. Well, um, I think we can take a break and go on to the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, let's I'll talk about Tigres first. Oh, okay. Okay. That's how shell shocked I am. A little bit more Toronto FC. Um, Probably should have like rehearsed this ahead of time. Just <laughs> sent out a vote to the Twitter. Page. I didn't know what we were in for. <laughs> so, Wednesday... So we're recording Monday night. Wednesday, Toronto FC have the first leg against Tigres. It's at home. It's at Bimo Field. Uh, you know, all Mexicans will be cold, jokes aside. Hmm. Do they have any chance here? Tigres are unbeaten in seven. Wait, oh, do TFC have any chance? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tigres have no chance. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, do Toronto FC have any chance? I think they have a chance. I wouldn't put them as favorites. I think it wouldn't be an upset if they won. I think it would be a surprise. Um, I'm not saying that as a TFC fan whatsoever. I'm saying that as a looking at how much they want it and how I think that is their focus. And I think they are going to substitute quite a few things in order to make that uh, their goal, at least for the beginning of this season. 
The only thing that I'm worried about, not to circle back to this, but Victor Vasquez is, is having some hip injuries, mm. so I don't know what the squad is going to be like come Wednesday. I, I, I tend to agree. I'll give TSC a bit more chance than more chance than the average person, specifically because this team, in my opinion, forget the idea of them being the best statistically. I think the way that they are composed and put together and the system that they play in, they're optimized to play against Mexican teams, like in this in this CONCACAF Champions League format, the way they move the ball around, and they have the solidity, and they have quality, quality players who are in their prime with Bradley, Javinko, Altador, Van der Veel. Like, that's a good, good player. I, it's not like MLS teams who win MLS Cup and then they look like a shambles when they come to Mexican teams. This team will not be embarrassed. I, I just don't see that. I hope not, but, uh, you know, after the season opener with Altador puking, with Van der Veel having a, a child... And Vasquez out injured. I mean, it does look a little the odds against yeah. TFC. I was going to say, like, yeah. the, the players are in their prime. I'm wondering whether it's come a bit early. Um, so I, I tweeted John Arnold earlier. Um, and he said he spoke, to, uh, he spoke with a radio show in Monterey. And the hosts mentioned that they're well aware of the talent that Toronto has, but think Tigres are now clicking. And TFC just starting the year, mate, mate might make the difference. I don't know. I almost disagree with that because I think the one thing that sets Toronto FC apart from a lot of teams, whether in MLS or someplace else, is that if you remove one piece from Toronto FC, they have to kind of work around them. Like every player that is on that starting lineup and coming off the bench is integral to that team. It's not like your typical MLS that has like their caca, they're like one big player. Mm -hmm. They're they like Michael Bradley is just as important as everybody else. Like mm -hmm. he's not he's incredibly important in what he does. He does very, very well. But I think that's what's different about this TFC team far more than anything else that I've seen in MLS. They play as a team. And that is the one thing that going against Tigres, I think they have in their favor, that they are solid as a team, no matter who they play, they're going to still play their same game. Obviously, they're going to adjust for the team that they're playing. I'm not sure. trying to... Say otherwise, but... I, I, I do want to quickly talk about the point Alex, you brought up, which is that Tigres have hit their form, and TFC are just starting their season. It, it's a question that's come up multiple times in terms of the CONCACAF Champions League, the, the timing of it, that it's not favorable to MLS teams, mm -hmm. because imagine you're playing, you know, the UEFA Champions League, and you're, you're starting your season, and then you have your first game, but the other team you're playing against has had time mm -hmm. to get rid of the kinks in there, in... in in, in the machine and everything. Well, I think that happens you know, to Russian teams, doesn't it? Because they have their winter break and then they have to play Champions League yeah, right after the team. Anyway. No, I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, just to conclude, uh, Montreal lost 2-1 to the Vancouver Whitecaps, so there's oh, that. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah, from the highlights, it looked like uh, Alfonso Davies absolutely rinsed Raheem Edwards. So there's that too. I, I mean, I kind of feel a little happy about that, but also quite sad. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You just brought the whole night down. Thanks sorry. for that. Uh, let's bring it up with... Oh, no. Oh, Captain, my Captain, why did you not come down to have breakfast with us all? Why did you not pick up your shoes from outside of Marco's room and then drink your orange juice as usual? Now they'll tell us that life goes on, that we must look forward and pick ourselves up. But what will your absence taste like? Who will arrive every morning in the cafeteria, warming up everyone with a smile? Who will ask us about what we did the previous night and have a laugh about it? Who will nurture the youngsters and give a sense of responsibility to the veterans? Who will form the circle to work on our two-touch play? And who will demolish Marco on the PlayStation? With whom will we debate about MasterChef, Florence restaurants, 
TV series, or games played? Who will I lean on at lunch after a tiring training session? Come on, come back. You still need to finish watching La La Land to analyze like you did with all the new movies. Come back to Florence. They're waiting for you to renew your contract and acknowledge all the good and positivity that you bring to us on a daily basis. Get out of that damn room. We'll be waiting for you tomorrow at training. In life, there are a few people you've known forever but have never bonded with, and then there are the Davides, who warm to you immediately with a simple welcome to Florence, Ricky. Wherever you are now, keep on defending our goal and enlighten the right path for us from the back line. Oh, Captain, my Captain, forever, my Captain. So that was Federico Manas or Manasse? No. Uh, he posted it on Twitter. The Fiorentina player that wrote that about his captain, uh, Ricardo Saponaro, I believe. Um, quite a tribute. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Um, he's got a career after football if he wants it. Yeah, uh, writing. Yeah. Um, Context: um, sad, uh, sad passing of uh, David Astori. Yeah. Um, he was a captain, correct? Cap- captain, captain of Fiorentina. Yeah, found dead in his hotel room. I guess it must have been on a way trip. Um, yeah, New Dene, actually. There um, you go. Yeah, New Dene. He didn't come down for breakfast, and uh, the reports out of Italy right now is that he um, suffered cardiac arrest in his sleep. Is it so? He it wasn't. There was no prior illness. It was. It was as sudden as the reports. That is. I mean, it's preliminary reports. I don't mm. know if they're doing an investigation further in right now. His family and the club has obviously asked for respect and during right. this time. So not a lot of information is coming out. There has been. Quite a few rumors that um, have come out, uh, one of the biggest ones being that Fiorentina was going to, um, so backtrack a little bit, he uh, he was supposed to sign a two-year contract with Fiorentina, Mm -hmm. and he couldn't do it a few days prior because of the weather that they were having in Italy, so he was supposed to do it Monday, Mm -hmm. and one of the rumors going around was that Fiorentina had decided just to give his family and his daughter, he has a two-year-old daughter, um, the contract, mm-hmm. like honor the contract, and so that went around the internet, and uh, it was never actually said. So there's right. a lot of rumors circulating right now. Right. So I think the Italian media is just trying to keep everything under control and make sure that you know things don't go wild. Yeah, yeah. I also heard that the coroner's office is opening an inquiry into mm-hmm. this before the funeral itself, mm-hmm. which is on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the the scariest thing about this is that apparently the the most recent kind of tests, you know, heart tests and, and blood work and what have you were done um, the previous Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it's nuts to think how fast these things can happen. And it it no just shows you that football is just a game. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's there's life behind it. Fabrice Mwamba almost died mm-hmm. from, you know, heart attack on the pitch. Um, just recently it was known, made known that Conte actually uh, fainted in training before the, I think the Man City game. Um, so, you know, we, we, we banter and everything, but there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and our families involved, so it's, it's sad. Um, Syria paid respects by um, cancelling, or, or postponing rather, um, all the games that had not been played up until the news broke. Um, so there, there are two games to discuss, and now's a good time to get into those. Yeah. Um, Lazio nil, Juventus won. So... Lazio are pretty much the only team in Serie A that Juventus actually have struggled against recently. And so this was kind of viewed as the chance for someone to stop them winning. And they very nearly did it. But Juventus did a Juventus. So the context of this game was there was Lazio-Juventus and there was Roma-Napoli mm-hmm. on the same weekend. With the chance for, if, well, if Juventus lost and Napoli won, Napoli would be clear. 
But exactly the opposite happened. <laughs> of course. In the most dramatic fashion of possible. Course. Absolutely. Good old I'm, Italy. I'm, I'm tired. Like, sorry, firstly, are we all for Napoli winning this league? Like, are, are we all in support of this? I mean, after Udinese, but yes. Right. <laughs> do, do Udinese fans feel that way? Is that just like everyone against Juve kind of... Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially Udinese fans, we don't really have the same close proximity, but like, it's the idea that like, there's this other northern Italian team and all their fans are southerners. And Black like, and white stripes. Exactly. That we had ours first, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> 1896. Um, Sorry, you said something that just amazed me. So you, the, the idea is that it's another northern team whose fans are all from the south? Yes. We're the same people. Man United, all our fans are from London, it's apparently. True. And we're the northern team. Just, I just thought I'd bring it up. That I, I yeah, my boyfriend's a Londoner and he's a United fan. <laughs> there you it's go. a thing. I cheer him every thing. day, every day. But um, yeah, it's the same thing. Like when Juventus plays Udinese in Udine, like there's more Juventus fans. Like it's it's a heated mm. rivalry from one side. Mm. I should say. <laughs> um, and the fact that Napoli is just so much more fun to watch They're Juventus, nice. like who cares? Honestly, <laughs> after six who in a row, a I, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm done. I'm yeah. Done. yeah. Well, you know, for the last three seasons, I've consistently said Juventus are going to win next season, next season, mm-hmm. next season. And under the radar, Napoli have been playing some good football. Mm-hmm. And, it, and this season, they have, they've actually shown capabilities to go all the way. Yeah. And it just it's a shame that they lost this weekend because I really think that this was the pivotal point in a way. I mean, it looks like it. Basically, Juve, I mean, Juventus haven't lost in the league in I don't know how long at this point. It's mm-hmm. a long time, since probably the first few weeks of the season, maybe. Mm-hmm. And... It was always going to take one slip-up from Napoli. And their form has been so good coming into this weekend. And it was... So, if you didn't see the, the Lazio-Juve game, Juventus created nothing. They had zero shots on target until the, the goal in injury time that Dybala scored. Miracle goal. Miracle. It, was, it was a miracle, miracle goal. goal. The turn to, to get rid of the defender was fantastic. He's and being then, fouled the whole time. He's the smallest strength. guy on the pitch, and he had the strength to, 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 stay, to stay up. Because he was falling over and then still managed to... Lob it over the goalie. Something. That was oh, fantastic. I mean, it's also kind of a, a personal redemption story for Dybala, who started the season on fire, mm-hmm. <laughs> got dropped out of the team. Um, if you've seen the, the Juve Netflix documentary, you'll, you'll know this. Got dropped out of the team, then got injured. And this was his first start since mm-hmm. uh, January, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, great for him. Incredible for, for Juventus, because they really didn't deserve the, the victory. And, and fair play to Lazio for being the only team that can actually put up a fight. But but that said, if I'm, if memory is if I got this right, Lazio did not score over two legs against Milan. True, and they didn't score today. And this was probably the I think the top scoring team, if not yeah, Napoli, in, in Serie A. Yeah. So there's there's a bit of a problem there, which is going to affect them. I think their top four chase. They need to get back to scoring goals again. Fair. I mean, they they are despite the loss, they're still in the top four, but only by a point. And Inter in fifth have a game in hand. So you're right; it could it could affect them. Um, also, just from an Italian point of view, like to me, it's incredible that an entire country, save Juventus fans, have put their faith in Lazio. Like to me, that is just like, <laughs> absolutely incredible. I mean, if you want to talk about like a country coming together and rallying behind something, it's Lazio. That's wow. How about the entire footballing world? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's funny. You sometimes we have you know some Lazio supporters on Twitter that we interact with, and the ones that we found are fine. Mm-hmm. But then you know there are ones around around those 
and occasionally you just see snippets of their conversations and when the Anne Frank stickers yeah. issue came up and still trying to defend the club mm-hmm. and the fans I, I mean like, you're going to get that with any not at all an excuse let me <laughs> say that first of all but you're always going to get assholes in clubs yeah. sure and I think obviously with Lazio's history they kind of have that shadow going in with them and I don't know how much of this new generation also you know, deserves that sort of overcast that mm-hmm. right. Mussolini has cast on them, if you will. <laughs> um, but I think what I think is the most amazing part about that is uh, I completely lost my train of thought. I was just thinking about how everyone is backing Lazio and like <laughs> it that happens. has just left me I'm, speechless. I'm cool with that. Uh, okay, so here's my question for you all, and you can all all answer this. But Lazio Juve played first, mm-hmm. and then it was Napoli against Roma. Mm-hmm. If you are Maurizio Sarri. Do you tell or do you let your team watch yes. the Juve game or do you tell them the result? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to watch it anyway. They're grown men. No, you can. You have control. You have control over the situation. Actually, the team's in a hotel. You can do what you like. Okay. They have their cell phones. I mean, there's no way to control that. Um, if I'm sorry, no. Napoli has shit the bed so many times that he should know history and that he should know that that is going to be the biggest mental block for his players. Any other team, you would use it as like a... Now we have to win, like, fight for it because Juventus is coming up on us. But no, not with Napoli. They get spooked very, very easily, and they lose it. I, I guess knowing that, then the mindset could change. But that's what I was going to say is my motivation would be look what they did. Look what they just did. Now go out there and beat the shit out of these guys. That would have been my mentality going into but that. The problem is that's then logical. Have... <laughs> that, that's where you get it wrong. It is logical, but the other thing is that chances are you'll then have to do that every week because Juve win every week and Napoli play again, play later a lot. And Well, he's certainly been doing something every week because they actually have been winning every week themselves. Sure. Until this week. <laughs> and they were actually up 1-0 in this game as well. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. the first five minutes, it yeah. looked... Clear sailing for them. Like, I was at the TFC game at the time, and I was getting, like, you know, my push notifications, and I yeah. was like, oh, I don't even need to check this anymore. We're done. <laughs> so, so, um, so was it wrong. really, really that they were nervous coming out of the blocks? Because I think they started this game hot. They had it in their hands. And then all of a sudden, Jacko scores this big header. Under scores. Cengiz under. Obviously, we like him too, but you know what? We want Napoli to win this week. Some of the defending was a disgrace in this game from Napoli. And... I don't know. I don't watch enough Serie I don't know if it's this whole, oh, we play sexy football and don't know how to defend thing. I don't know. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that from them much this season, so I tend to think it's not. But in this game, oh, my Lord. Like, they couldn't clear the ball. They couldn't get it out. Like, little basic things Napoli were incapable of doing. And I don't. maybe it's nerves. Maybe it's what it was. So maybe you're right. They shouldn't have watched the tape. I don't know. But it just, it just seems so weird to me. Historically, this is not unsurprising. It's disappointing. But, I mean, if I were to put money on Napoli screwing up because they needed to win, mm. I would do that. But also, Roma's not a bad team. Like, it's not like... They did this against Spall or something like that, right? Like, no offense to Spall or any Spall fans. Um, I don't think they're taking offense. <laughs> and I also don't think they're listening, so it's fine. Fair enough. For Benevento, you know. Um, there's Great a lot, team. Of, lot of Benevento fans in Toronto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> surprised. Right yeah. here. Yeah, there you, go. Sure, you need to join the club. I am. You, know, you should absolutely, absolutely should go I down. Should, I really should. I love that team. Huge. It's yeah, a huge following. Really yeah. Make a trip out of it. It's like the St. Pauli of Italy, I guess. Wow. Um, but yeah, like. <laughs> Good reference, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Roma's not that bad of a team. Like, it's not that surprising. The scoreline, yes, I'm a bit surprised by that. I do not think it would be mm. that much of a game, but... But also, you're right that Roma aren't a bad team. We, we like Roma. People that listen to the pod know that. Um, but they haven't been in good form. 
I mean, they got battered by Milan last week. I think they lost the week before that as well. They're, they're, they were kind of, you know, bottling the top four race until, until this week. Um, and it, it's, just, it's very typical Roma, the week that you need them to stand down. They get all centurion about everything and just, yeah. you know. You're just repeating the tweet that you, that you said. Yeah, but I liked it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, masterclass from Edin Dzeko. Um, Chelsea really wished he joined them. Um, the header, beautiful. Finish, beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk more about this because it's just going to make me sad. Okay, can we just mention that... Um, so, in it, well, in every European country other than England, if you loan a player to another team, they can play against you. Yes. Which I think makes sense. You've let them go, yeah. right? Well, you can't do that in England? No. Nah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have to sit the match out. Terms of the contract, yeah. Hmm. Um... In fact, you know what? I don't think it's I don't think it's even a legal thing. It's just the done thing. It's just convention. Yeah, they, oh, they, like they, like they put it in every. Well, it's 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 actually written into the contracts because someone did it. Well, some team right. did it, and everyone said that's a great yeah. idea. But it doesn't have to be. Yeah, no, right. it doesn't okay. have to be though. Um, but so Roma in the summer loaned a left back Mario Rui to Napoli, mm-hmm. which was an odd move anyway. But whatever. And he played in this game. And for the fourth goal that really killed this game off, I can't remember who it is, but I think it's Kolarov crosses it into the box. And Mario Rui, at the back post, back heels it straight to the penalty spot mm. where Diego Perotti is waiting it, to slot it into the corner. It was the most worst. inexplicable piece of defending yeah. I've ever seen. Worst piece of defending, yes, absolutely. You see that happen in uh, Saturday Night Football League in Toronto. <laughs> but to see it happen in a game when they were 3-1 down, chasing the game, uh, it was, and they went 4-1 down, it was the worst, it was suicidal. I'm waiting for you to say Calciopoli because you, you normally would. I, I should have said that when Dybala scored, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, his goal was good. No, Italy fixed. We have VAR now. It's okay. Nothing goes unnoticed. <laughs> Does VAR work at Italy? Is it good? No, it's awful. <laughs> right it's so bad. I mean, right you still have to remove the referee for it to be effective. <laughs> it's like blatant things are just like, nope, we didn't see it. And like, it takes so long. It's like, I'm making this fact up, but I'm going to stick with it. It's like seven minutes to review. Mm-hmm. It is horrible. That's a very good point you bring up because Alex was recently watching our football match where I, VAR I was employed yeah. and made some shambolic the top decisions. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Tottenham game. Tottenham and that was Rockdale. Unbelievable. I yeah. think there's an overreaction in the sense of I think VAR has been trash in the way it's implemented, but then now you have the people on the other side saying, we don't want VAR. I'm like... No, you have to fix VAR. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because when your team loses a Champions League final or something because the ref made a wrong decision, you're going to be mad and be go- I'm saying, we wish we had something to help us get these right. Like, yeah. implement it correctly is not the actual tool that's wrong. And Yeah, exactly. And it's the idea, too, that, like, referees are still invaluable. Like, there are going to be mistakes. There are going to be calls that mm-hmm. aren't going to go your way. There are going to be things that are blatant to you that aren't blatant to everyone else. I think... VAR or VAR? What is the consensus on this? Can I'm with I bring VAR. that? Can I'm I bring with, this to the table? Yeah, I'm with VAR. VAR? Like, should we have it? No, the, no, 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 no. How do you pronounce it? it? Oh, the important VAR, questions here. VAR. I'm with, I could go either way, honestly. I like I'm VAR. I'm with VAR. I honestly hadn't kind of given this any this thought. Keeps me I just up don't at care. Night. All right, this we'll, we'll give you 30 more minutes of podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go VAR. VAR? Thank you. Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, what were we um, talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I really have no idea. Italy, um, uh, Wait, we haven't talked about the... Udinese yet. Did you play? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How's the season going? Terribly. Um, 
So on a personal note, because that's the only way I can talk about it, is, it, is I made a bet with um, a writing group that I write with, Forza Italian Football, and I said that if Udinese were in a European position, so even just a playoff Europa spot, mm-hmm. I would write for them, and Italy did not, or sorry, Udinese did not do that. So. Not even close. No, but they could have been. Like, when Odo first came on the team, they hired him just in the new year. And, like, we were winning everything. We mm-hmm. were just, like, on an upstreak. And now we just aren't. Is well, there still an award for, like, fair play that gets you into Europe? Is that That's a good is? question. Like, are you, are you Wasn't that the Intertoto Cup? Wasn't that? Oh. <laughs> no, well, um, I mean, okay. it depends also <laughs> because if whoever wins the Copa Italia, if they already have a spot, then uh, it moves down. So, and that's like, going to be Juve-Milan. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. we may get, like, the... Bridesmaid prize, thanks. That should be, what, what would that be in Italian? Do you know? The bridesmaid prize? Yeah. That's not a real thing. No, I know. But uh, like, I, like, what, if you, you want to know what a word bridesmaid yeah, is. Yeah, I just feel like it would be, you know, beautiful. Anyway. Like a bouquet? Um, like a bouquet being tossed? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. The trophy is just, tossed, just looks like just a bouquet. That would be excellent. There uh, is a fair play award, though, and I only know this because... Uh, Di Natale has won it before. Also another Udinese shout out there. Yes, um, and I don't know what it's for. Like, I don't know if it's like least amount of cards, even though that kind of seems arbitrary, or if like you do charity work, which does not seem like a thing Italy would give out an award for. Your so... club didn't pay a referee. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We're too cheap to. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, so. That's good. Um, before we move on from Italian matters altogether, there is the, the small matter of AC Milan against Arsenal mm-hmm. in the Europa League. And AC Milan going through, sorry. <laughs> I think that's fair. Just gonna put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you Sonia, have you been impressed and surprised by Gattuso as we have? Yes. Um I'm so full disclosure, I'm a big Gattuso fan from his Milan days. Obviously I'm not a Milan fan, but I've always loved Gattuso. Mm-hmm. I refer to my dog as baby Gattuso, despite He looks a bit like him. Right? Is he I, a pug? No, he's an English bulldog. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, there you go. So, yeah. yeah. Bulldog part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should actually get those pictures side by side. It would be good. I, sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm a big, big fan of Gattuso. And when he came into Milan, I thought it was going to be another Clarence Seedorf, another Inzaghi, where like they put this talisman up. It's supposed to kind of rally everyone behind them. And then it fails because you're just putting someone into a position. Granted, Gattuso has had coaching experience, not great successful coaching experience, but he's been in the role. He also did that weird player coach thing in Switzerland, which everyone seems to forget about, slash not know about from the looks uh, of like everybody's Like Sion or something? Yes, or, yeah, exactly. I so, I mean, it's it wasn't as much of a wild card as I think people thought it really was when he came in, but I think he's either scared the hell out of every single player and mm-hmm. has like threatened to murder them in <laughs> their sleep or something like that, or he's actually a good coach but as much as I'm very fair weather with Milan don't hate them don't love them I think he's done a fantastic job and I think he's done the more important task of he's kind of rallied people who've who've not on any sort of bandwagon to kind of become interested in Italian soccer again so a lot of people who watch the Premier League they're like I know this name I know what's happening and he's kind of putting a spotlight back on Italian soccer which I think is very very neat because in the last few years Italian soccer has sucked. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Gattuso is also pretty bad for the last couple of years. And he started slowly with AC Milan this season <laughs> as well. Something happened over the Christmas break. And I really think that you were right. He did threaten to kill everyone in their families. <laughs> because they've been playing solid as rocks ever since They then. really have. I mean, they've barely conceded a goal. They're unbeaten yeah. in 13 games. It's, it's quite remarkable. So they're solid as rocks. Arsenal are paper thin. 
Um, Arsenal are a boat crashing into the rocks. Yeah, just constantly, <laughs> just over and over. Oh, I like that. Running the around. The siren. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So let's get let's get predictions. I'm not going to do scores. Who's going to go through? Roche, you already said AC Milan. It's not going through. Going it's going to be more than a three goal difference. Wow. On aggregate, yeah, on aggregate. Wow. Easily. Okay, bet on that, Sonia. Uh, Milan going through definitely. I do think Arsenal's going to at least get one goal in. Oof. Don't know where. Don't know where. <laughs> this, is, this is harsh. Could be no. an own goal. Could be an own goal. Two no. harsh predictions. Alex? Um. <laughs> Alex, where do you stand? I, um, because it seems so obvious, I'm now tempted to go with Arsenal. Alex. Uh, Arsenal. Alex. Uh, no, Milan are going through. <laughs> I, I, I By how many goals? Over, uh, under? Uh, two. I think you're all wrong. I don't think Milan are that good. I don't think they're that I, good I, either. I, I just think no. Arsenal are that I bad. Yeah. I think Milan <laughs> over the years have actually had moments of uh, periods of good form under Inzaghi at some point, I believe, no. if I'm not mistaken. Sadov did okay. Or Sadov. One, one of the legends, they did all right. And then like another period after where they were complete trash and got sacked. So I think his sacking is coming at some point And Arsenal will be the start. Arsenal to go through. Wow. By one goal. What is this? What am I listening to? Okay, wait, follow-up question. Mm-hmm. By the second leg, who will be the coach of Arsenal? I don't know. It's oh, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Clearly Arsenal. Really? Oh, yeah. You don't think he's going to be sacked? If it's not Wenger, it's the ghost of Wenger, I guarantee you. 100%. You don't think he's going to be sacked by that point? We'll get into it. That's a really He'll good segue. He'll be sacked if they lose. That's a it's really like good segue to the Premier League. Yep. So we're back on English shores. We haven't been this far in. Without England for very long. It's true. Yeah. You, feel, you okay? I, right? I, I feel a little bit weird as if there was this beast from the east that came through and just messed me up. Wow. You know? Okay. Wait, should I, I be I... offended by that? No, not you. <laughs> <laughs> You're delightful. I'm talking Thank about you. that storm that came through past through England. I can't believe they called a, a snowstorm the beast from the east. Yeah, like other storms, like tornadoes get actual names. Yeah. And the English are just like, oh, it's a beast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like minus two and everyone was freaking out. Yeah. I don't understand that. It's oh, a silly country, as, we, as, we, as we've already covered. It's then there are small hatchbacks. <laughs> Oi, Pojo 206, mate, quality. A puge, puge, pojo? What do you call it? They're like little lion thingy. You can almost run into it and it would fall over. It's that is like true, but no one's running into cars. Yeah, that's we true. Don't, well, Bentner did a bit. So yeah. let's go from cars to buses that were parked. Hey! hey. hey. I set you up. Yes, you did. That was, thank you, thank, you, thank you so much. Manchester City 1, Chelsea 0. Uh, Jamie Redknapp described this as a crime against football. He's, a, he's an idiot, first off. But <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Fine. This is a statement that was obviously indubitably going to come out <laughs> after, you know, any, any team playing against Man City is going to commit a crime against football in that they don't touch the ball and they're just going to sit in their own penalty box and be tip-tapped to death. Well, yeah, look, there are two ways to play against Manchester City, right? One is you do what Chelsea did mm-hmm. and you just try and defend and mm-hmm. you try and get away with it. And the other one is that you go right at them, as Spurs did and lost 4-1, as Arsenal did and lost 3-0 twice, or as Liverpool did and successfully won 4-3. I'm sorry, don't bring up Arsenal in this conversation because Arsenal did nothing. No, no, sure. But also, they, also, as, in, as in they didn't, like, park the bus. Sure. Right? Also, uh, United also did that at home to City yeah. earlier in the season. Did yeah. what? And lost. Did and what? Parked the bus. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say they actually tried to attack Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> what world am I living in? No, so no. the only team that has successfully done anything against Manchester City, apart from Wigan... Is Liverpool. Yes. And they still only just beat them. And Wigan. Well, only just beat them because they are Liverpool. 
In the sense yes. of they went four one up and were about to embarrass them and then decided to revert to Liverpool. Yes, exactly. Like I'm trying. I was trying to be nice this podcast, like to Liverpool. So let's let's, let's not go. We'll, there. we'll do that. But my point is like the reaction to Chelsea's performance and their tactics has been so Overblown. over the top. Really. And so there's that one. There's that one clip where it's 70 minutes and Chelsea are just sitting in their their in the final third waiting for City to do something. Mm-hmm. And Fabregas walks towards David Silva and doesn't challenge him for the ball and Silva just passes it away. And everyone's going, oh, this is a disgrace. It's 70 minutes. You've spent all of those 70 minutes chasing the ball around. You can't get it. it I, like You can I have will, a rest for a minute I, and then go again. Like it's not. So I agree with you with the general concept of it's overblown. But I disagree in that moment where... They're passing the ball and you're just looking at them. If you watch Fabregas face, he, just, he almost could just put up a chair and just sit there. Go after it. I don't care what's been happening in 70 minutes. Go after it. And, and I'll give you an example. Manchester United, 1999 Champions League final. Wow. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wow. Manchester United, <laughs> hold on, were being brutalized by Bayern Munich. Didn't have a touch. Still ran, won the game. Anything can happen in football. Go for the fucking thing. So you just made me sure. Mad. But but my only point my only point is when you're being destroyed, I don't give a shit what's hap- what happened for seventy minutes. Go after it, fight. You're being paid to play. Don't just stand there and look like a bitch. I mean, yeah, Run I and try and get the ball. Bunny really is mad, eh? No, because it is a disgrace, the football. Oh, now you're in Jamie Redknapp's well, team. I'd, I'd <laughs> no, like no, the, say, the lack of effort, not the tactical I'd, part of I'd it. I'd like to say, I kind of agree with Bernie's point, and you can reference a better game. Uh, the 3-1 Barcelona beating United in the Champions League final 2011. Pep Guardiola's team played the exact style of football they're playing now at City. Mm-hmm. Completely destroyed United, played them off the pitch, but United did chase the ball for 90 minutes, so fair credit <laughs> to them. It's true. And I'm okay with that. But the yeah. other thing is, it's, I don't think it's a lack of effort or application, right? Like, clearly they were sent out there with a plan, and they implemented it. They didn't like the plan. In fact, there are quotes from... Uh, so, uh, Giroud was asked whether they could have been more ambitious, and he said, it is a good question. The coach made his tactics. We tried to respect it. And then Hazard said, when the manager plays me up front, I try to give everything. It's difficult to play a good game when you only touch the ball three times. If Giroud or Morata had played up front, it would have been easier to play those long balls. With me, it's a little bit more complicated, but I try my best. So clearly, the players weren't necessarily on board with yes, the plan, but, but, but it was his plan, the and they tactics, tried to do it. The tactics are different from the, the laziness of not chasing the ball. It's not lazy. That, that's a different thing. But on the tactics side, and, and we had this conversation beforehand, there are a lot of people that are saying... Parking, they park the bus, and this is wrong. And I look at it and go, Conte is Italian. Conte played in the era where defending was okay. In fact, it was a good thing. <laughs> like my problem isn't the fact that Conte chose to defend. That's not my problem. It's, true. it's that he chose to have Eden Hazard up front by himself. That's the problem. But the actual act of defending and having that as a tactic is not wrong. It's just a cultural difference, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I find the English media absolutely disgraceful by blasting him for doing so in that particular match. Sonia, views as an Italian? Um, <laughs> it's the token Italian in the room. Um, there's actually been quite a bit of talk about this, and not to bring it back to um, what happened in Italy over the weekend, but just as sort of a counterpoint to kind of bring the room down, because there's a lot of shouting going on, um, that a lot of people pointed out to um, <clears throat> that with the deaths of a story, Conte may just not have been prepared mentally mm-hmm. for this game. I mean, they worked together in the Italian national team. Um, 
it could have been just one of those things where reflectiveness of maybe this game just isn't important to do that fight and do that win and let's do the best that we can regroup it's only been what 24 hours at that point and move forward with that but i do agree that there is a lost art of defending right huge and, lost art and in defending. this game i don't believe ngola kante played no i would hope not because of his health issues that he had and lord fabregas did and lord knows if that was ngola kante instead of fabregas he would have run and tried to do something absolutely instead of just waiting there like a little peasant i'm not convinced I am very convinced. I'm not convinced because you have to do it systematically and everyone has to do it. Fabregas runs towards David Silva in that in that situation. They're Silva making... passes it to someone no, else. No, 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 I'm, I'm going to start right in between you two guys. Oh just my like, God. Just like Silva thing. passing it in between all the Chelsea players. <laughs> but I think there's there's a bit of both. So Kante playing. Kante is two people in one. Mm. He would have definitely made a big difference energy-wise. You know, sure. He would have at least pushed the pass out wide. They would have hit one you know, a little too far ahead of someone else. Uh, he could pick up the loose ball. Fabregas, he's old. He's just sticking his leg out. <laughs> he doesn't really have to try anymore. He's played under Pep before. He knows this game. I'm You're just, not going to get the ball. He's given things, up already. It's one of those things where people say players used to play with more heart and determination. Back in the day, if that happened, they would have... Who was it? De Bruyne and Silva, I think it was? Whoever the two guys were, one of them would have been kicked. And that's a fact. One of them would have been kicked. Who Especially if it was Roy Keane. Who says they he's weren't mad. later? Like... <clears throat> In that moment, I watched the rest of that game. Chelsea did not try and All right, do anything. so in, in the modern era, if Fabregas goes up and boots David Silva gets sent off, I'm okay how is that, that useful? I'm okay <laughs> with that. It's not <laughs> useful. Well, boring observation, but I have I did notice that there were some fouls that Chelsea did not get, which they should have got. You know, players clattering into other players. There were obvious free kicks in retrospect, and I did also notice that happen with perhaps Barcelona. Anyway, so, is that an advert for VAR? Uh, uh, yeah, take out the referee. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, so that's that game gone. Um, let's move on to Crystal Palace versus Man United, which just ended um, today. <clears throat> Bernie, please. No, please, Roche. After you. After you, sir. Oh, oh okay. Um, wow. Wow. I went through every single emotion in this game. I went from disinterest at first, which is not, I can't even call that an emotion. At what point did lust come into it? <laughs> Um, Matic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was completely disinterested in this game. Um, and then we went 1-0 down. I got furious. <laughs> then we went 2-0 two two nil nil down. down. And I went... I cried. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, inside. Inside. <laughs> then 2-1 Lukaku, I felt vindication. Because I love Romelu Lukaku. No, no, 2-1 was Smalling. Never mind. I was <laughs> still angry. <laughs> still it's angry. an emotional roller coaster. You can't keep track. You know, then Lukaku scored, and then I felt hope and euphoria when David De Gea made another sensational save. I, 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 I can't. He's the best. I can't. I can't get past this. And then, well, who? who is, this is two two. Matic scored three two, and at that point, I was, I was jubilant. All right, that was your take of the game. I'll now express mine. <laughs> I don't think I've, I've told you guys how I felt through this game. Please tell so first, feel. before this happened, I saw the schedule. I saw we were playing away to Crystal Palace on the Monday. And I said, hey, it's an away game. Mourinho, I'm not even going to bother watching. <laughs> okay? Now I'm getting the notifications on my phone. Crystal Palace 1-0 up. Like, very soon in the game, actually. It was mm -hmm. an early goal by Townsend. Yep. And I said, all right, let's go and see what Bernie thinks of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw... 2-0 up right after halftime. And I just came on the thread and I was like, you know what? Let's cheer for Crystal Palace. I hate this stupid United team and all this rubbish. But immediately after that, Smalling scored. And I thought, hey, it's 2-1 already. Something might be up here. 
And then it was 2-2, and I said, it's 2-2 now, we're probably going to win this game. And then I saw my phone, 3-2, and I said, you know what, I'm going to watch this entire game when I get home later tonight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tactical mess, but Alex, please go on. Yeah, I, I just thought, United were awful. United were really bad for 70 minutes. And there are a number of reasons. One is, um, you know, Mourinho doesn't have a plan going for He can't orchestrate good attacking football. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was he didn't have attacking fullbacks. I mean, Ashley Young, you know, is a winger, but every time he gets the ball, he has to cut inside. Mm. And then on the, other hi- on the other side, Valencia, who is getting bigger and bigger every week, by the <laughs> way. Like, how many empanadas is this guy getting through? I don't... He must have a, a lifetime deal with <laughs> an empanada. It's, it's actually ridiculous. He's a fort. Anyway, um, he, you know, attacking, not that productive. And it took Mourinho 70 minutes to bring on Luke Shaw, mm-hmm. an attacking left-back, and Mata, someone with any creativity whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And after he did that, oh, look, they started playing some football and won the game. They were brilliant after those subs. And, Sonia, you're an Udinese fan, as we know. So you probably You said know. brilliant, and then you went into Udinese. So <laughs> no, no, no. I'm well, very Udinese, suspicious Udinese right now. were brilliant some time ago. Um, 2011. Alexis Sanchez. Oh, yes. Still the last time hey. I, I loved watching Alexis Sanchez yes. was when he was at Udinese before he went to Barcelona. Yes. The, Alexis Sanchez, if you followed him over the last couple of years, some people say he's brilliant, some people say he's not. I thought he was a dynamic right winger at Udinese, could do everything, beat a man, cross the ball, score goals. Have you seen him recently? And what do you think compared to what you probably saw them so let me preface this by saying that i live and date with a united fan so i try my hardest to ignore everything that's happening in the united <laughs> world um so when sanchez did sign for them i kind of had a fleeting interest where mm-hmm. i would go into the room if the tv was on <laughs> but i think what people didn't realize at the time when sanchez was with udinese and i'm not to take away any credit for him, but he worked really, really well with Di Natale. And mm-hmm. Di Natale was there kind of guiding him, knowing when to, you know, slot him the ball. He knew the uh, he had the pace that Di Natale didn't have. So it was really two players working as one. Mm-hmm. And Di Natale has done this a lot for a lot of younger players, especially on the national team. He played so well with Balotelli. Mm-hmm. And this was at, like, you know, darts and firework Balotelli era. <laughs> going to, Balotelli. I know, what happened to that Balotelli? Um, yeah. Going to women's prisons and schools. Living um, his best life. Right? Yeah. That was kind of sad, I assume, based on nothing. Anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> um, like, he was there with him in the, uh, the Italian national team. And Di Natale has, maybe because he's been around for a while, he was with the same club for a while, that he had this sort of nurturing aspect to it that he could really bring out the best in Sanchez. Mm. And I think people put Sanchez on this pedestal that, yes, he had that raw, natural talent to mm-hmm. do it, but I don't know if he had the discipline to continue doing it thing. that way. So, yeah, while the talent is there, and I'm not trying to take that away, I think as soon as he left, he was put into the spotlight mm-hmm. when he should have played second string to somebody who knew how to handle the spotlight. Right. I think that's fair, because mm-hmm. the one thing we keep mentioning about Alexis Sanchez is he has no discipline. No. Mm-hmm. Positionally, tactically... He doesn't know what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to go, make the right decisions. Maybe at Arsenal, because they said, do whatever you want, we don't care, that works. But at a team with more of a rigid system, I guess, Mm -hmm. he has to fit in. And from United fans, and probably a boyfriend can tell you this, he's not been looking very good. And that's Mm -hmm. why I asked you that question, because I loved him at Udinese. And and I didn't watch him very much at Barcelona. And this Alexis Sanchez, Arsenal is a different beast, but this United one is just not it for me. It's just not it. And today... Everyone else stepped up in the second half but him. 
Yeah, I, I just think he's he's horrendous in in possession, and like Arsenal fans will have warned you about that when he made that that switch, in that he kind of he, he scores and assists enough or just enough to paper over the cracks in his game, mm-hmm. but they are huge. Mm-hmm. You see him in possession; he's knocking the ball out of touch. He makes the wrong. There was one incident where he got the ball kind of inside left. Ashley Young was in acres of space on the left. Simple ball out to your out to your fullback, and you get a crossing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Instead, he turns inside and gives it to Pogba, who's surrounded by three people and gets tackled immediately. It's just incident after incident, just like that. And after a while, as good stuff as he does, you just get so frustrated watching him. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, let's go Mumu of the week, and then after that, we'll come back to Arsenal. Cool. Happy <laughs> Mumu. <laughs> One thing we are no sha Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day Mumu go wake up. Awesome. So we got Mumu of the week again, mm. and uh, a Mumu, if uh, you're unaware, is well. Firstly, it's Nigerian pidgin English, which is street slang for idiot, fool, moron, someone that we just want to laugh at. Um, Alex, you have the first one? Yeah, uh, so as I usually do in this segment, I'm just going to read a bit of an article out. But Football Association Chief Martin Glenn, English Football Association Chief Martin Glenn, has apologised, in quotes, for any offence, after comparing the Star of David with symbols such as the Nazi swastika. Hmm. Shall I go on? Yeah, I'm going to go on. Glenn was discussing Manchester City's Spanish manager Pep Guardiola, who has been wearing a yellow ribbon in support of imprisoned politicians in Catalonia. He said, we don't want the Jewish star of David, Swastika, or ex-Zimbabwe leader Robert Mugabe on a shirt. Three very comparable things. <laughs> That's nothing to do with anything. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, you know, apologized since, and um, a number of people have explained to him why he's a fucking moron. But um, there you go. Why does Robert Mugabe still get referenced <laughs> in everything to do with football? It happens so much. He's finally out of power, and we're still bringing him back. Oh, my goodness. That's good. Um, so the last move uh, is Arsene Wenger. And I think this is the first time he's made it on. <laughs> which I don't know if that's surprising or not. Well, because usually it's on the pitch stuff. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is after uh, the Carabao Cup final, actually. Um, so Arsene Wenger said, and I quote, When you have just the trousers on, it's easy to take them trousers off as well. When you're completely naked... You have to find a shirt and try to put it on again, and then you're dressed normally again. This what? was the tactical. Wait, this is the tactical post-match analysis that he gave. Huh. Let me read that last part again. Yes. When you are completely naked, yeah. you have to find a shirt and try to put it on again, and then you're dressed normally again. No, no, you need boxers and pants. <laughs> you can't just put a shirt on without those. I mean, the imagery alone. No, is, I don't want to think yeah. about it. <laughs> He's remember, French. Remember the pictures of him on the beach in, in Rio? No, how about not? They weren't that bad. I don't want to think about it. For a 70 year old. What I'm wondering is did the, did the um, broadcaster who asked the question, did they say, how did it feel to be undressed by Man City? And then he went into Ooh. this. I mean, that would have I been mean, a good question. Yeah, but that's not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're you really what? pushing there. Similar to Cantona's sardines in the sea comment, but that was actually metaphorically accurate. Yeah. It's just complete bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, he's really deep, guys. Because you need boxes it. to protect your bollocks, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. no wonder Koscielny was crying in the dressing room. Oh, oh my lord. Now let's go to uh, actors talk about Arsenal crying on the Sure, couch. if we must. I do more. One thing we are no sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day Mumu go wake up. So, 
Brighton beat Arsenal. Alexander? Utterly predictable. Brighton shone brightly over the dull Arsenal. My, my dad asked me Beautiful. whether this uh, ruined my weekend. I was like, no. I, I am so numb to this. It's not even fun. Like, I, I actually didn't know what time the game was on. And when I woke up, Arsenal were 2-0 down. And I was not surprised. <laughs> you, came, you actually laughed when they were 2-0 down. Yep. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just funny at with, this point. Uh, I was watching it with Mohamed and his brother, and when Raheem saw what led up to the second goal, he actually put his hand over his mouth. And <laughs> I, I, I think all life left him at that point. It was, it was the saddest thing. Like, watching fans just numb and sad, it's just... <sighs> yeah, it's sad. And Petr Cech tweeted from the dressing room, like, basically <laughs> trying to absorb all responsibility. He was trash. Horrendous. Afterwards. No, like, right after the game. Oh, wow. But, but um, while he was in there, it was just like... <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have done. <laughs> By Honestly. the way, I'm on Twitter. Well, but but props again. to Chris Hutton because he's yes. done a fantastic job and that's gone completely under the radar. 100%. Does it put him in the frame... For England? Yes. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, Pardew's out of the frame now, so... Uh, just a quick stat on Glenn Murray. Uh, only Aguero and Salah have scored more goals than him in 2018. That is ridiculous. He's 34. Wow. He's like a championship-level striker at best, and he's tearing it up. The best league and in I, the world. I can run as fast as him. Is yes, he, he can. Is he the English Di Natale? I don't know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say yes. Sure. Totally. Uh, that's an insult to Natale. Yes, if yes, I ever heard one. I'm just the only thing I can contribute to this match is that I can tell you all that I had my very first pie at a Brighton game. Hey. hey. Paul Byrne was with me actually. I was about to say. I think he talked to us about the pies at Brighton. Yeah. Um, How, what was it? I I don't know. Steak and kidney. Probably. I just asked for a pie with a really big smile on my face, <laughs> and like the 16 year old thought I was weird. Was the first bite? Horrendously hot, like was yes, like scalding. How, yeah. like, and I and it was in like this little paper cup thingy, and I didn't know what to do, and it was pouring out, and I had like a beer in my other hand, and you can't bring the beer into the stadium. What's up with that? That's just very, very. And Wayne Shaw had one of those at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> no, the whole thing is very tricky. Like to me, I think you need a fork and you need to stab it a few times. You to have let to like the... get the steam out. Yeah, otherwise you're just in for a burning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pretty medieval English um. experience. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, anyway, Huddersfield got burnt by Tottenham 2 0. Oh, they did. Burnt by the Sun. Ah, very good. Yeah, very good. I'll take it. I'll yeah. Take it. Uh, no, Son was excellent. Man of the match. Um, Deli Ali through ball. Son takes it around the keeper for 1 0. And then one of the passes of the season, I think, from Harry Kane for, for the second goal. Beautiful. Perfectly weighted on the bounce. And it wasn't only the, the hit of the cross, it was the amount of time he waited to play it. To allow Son the time to yeah. get into position. Also, was, the angle he was facing. He was facing yeah. the, the corner of the stadium behind <laughs> yeah. the corner flag. Beautiful. It was beautiful. And the finish from Son, absolutely terrific. Um, yes. Liverpool can finish. Hang on. What? I have a Pochettino stat. Oh, okay. Sure. That was his 100th win in 197 Premier League games. Is that the fastest? <clears throat> like, someone has reached that? It's the fastest... First, it's the first time a non-European manager has done it. Okay. And it's not the fastest, but there is only about four or five guys ahead of him. Mm. It's quite impressive. I'd like to know who they were. Uh, Ranieri, Ferguson, Wenger... In fact, Ferguson might not even be one of them, because it took him a while to get going. Um, oh, but wait, what, is, uh, what does non-European mean? Like, exactly. Like, like outside like of South Europe. American or yeah. North American. Ranieri's European. Who? Yeah. 
No, Pochettino is the only... Oh, okay, sorry. sorry. Oh, yeah, I was actually okay. confused as well. Me I won't too. lie to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was not just no, Pochettino I mean, the, the one only... Italian you bring yeah. up, I'm going to jump <laughs> in, okay? Fair enough. Yeah, so he's no, he's like, non-European, but the other four guys ahead of him. Yeah. Gotcha, okay. It, it, sorry, it's Benitez, Mourinho, Ranieri, and I think it might be Arsene Wenger. Sorry, I, I know I'm going to take us off. He's, Ranieri's Italian. Yes. Has he managed Italy before? Like, national team? No, but he's in the frame this time. I would love to see that. Just... Just out of curiosity. I'm not sure it would work. Yeah, I mean... It would be fun. It would be fun. Lester was like his swan song, and I think like that's where we should... I would have retired after Lester if I was him. Yeah. Like, at that point, it doesn't get any better. Mm -hmm. That is fair. Sorry, I'll let you move on to Liverpool. Yes, thank you. Uh, Liverpool, 2-0, Newcastle. Anything... Uh, I was expecting more goals in this game from Liverpool, but gritty Newcastle and Benitez in his old stomping ground. Wow. Much to the chagrin of the scoreline. Mane and Salah. Yeah. That's what we expected. Yeah. Oxley, Oxley Chamberlain got another Salah. assist for Salah. Mane, um, Mane. 32 and 38 for Salah. That is, I mean, it's intense. So, um, Sonia, you'd have seen Salah tearing it up I, for I Roma. I know who Salah is. Thank um, you. <laughs> no, no, no. My point is you'd have seen him playing incredibly well for Roma. Yes. But would you have predicted this level of meteoric rise? Um, I think he's... Football aside, I think he's a really, really nice story that anyone can kind of go on to. I mean, you saw him getting Egypt through in the World Cup mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, I think he's just such a good, I don't want to say role model, that sounds cheesy, but I think he's just a person, the average lay person who doesn't watch any English soccer and Emily knows him from Italy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's somebody you can really latch on to and he's just, like, a likable guy. Agreed. Yeah. He's, he's smiley. Yeah. He carries the weight of a nation on his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, Mohanan said on Twitter he's likable because he doesn't dab. <laughs> he certainly doesn't dab. Yeah. But what is the equivalent, the Egyptian equivalent of a dab? There must be something. Kebab? Wow. No! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that has to be tweeted. That's, sorry, it's just, it was a word association. <laughs> Mohanan does this all the time, so I'm trying to make sure I'm true to Mohanan on this podcast. Fair right? enough. That's I, I think we've, we've reached him. Yes. Uh, Burnley anyway. beat Everton 2-1. This is only relevant because it's their first win since December the 12th. Burnley? Yay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we spoke last week about how they hadn't won in 11 games and still maintained their position. Yep. And now they're only five points off Arsenal and off a Europa League place. Now that the real question is, will they overtake Arsenal in the league? They what totally is could. wrong with this league? Like, it's trash. I've, <laughs> let me just point, put this out there. I watched a lot of soccer growing up and mm-hmm. I just don't understand the English league. <laughs> I just don't get it. And that's the fun. <laughs> that's the fun. That's, I, you know what? That is the appropriate description of the Premier League. It's up and down... Helter Skelter, mm. no discipline about it. Just go on, have fun. Don't, don't think too much. But it doesn't All seem box. like fun, though. That's the thing. <laughs> no, it is. But, but the thing is, this season especially, it's like the top six or seven, and then everyone else could still get relegated. <laughs> it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. I'd like to blast Everton here. Please. I, I predicted 2-1 for Burnley because Everton are shit garbage football club right now. I think absolute fair. bollocks. I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, uh, Cenk Tosin scored his first goal, but I think. Okay. No? No. Okay. No. Right. Swansea um, beat West Ham 4-1, and that's only good because we love the manager. Carlos Cavalhão. He's the best. Well, okay, if you're someone that comes up with great analogies, what do we call you? Like an analogist? or is, Ooh. Is, is, is Ray that Hudson? Call? That too. Good, good shout. I cannot argue with that. Rache hates Ray Hudson. What? I used to like him, but he got old, you know? Same old, same old. 
Brilliant. Magisterial. Um, Yeah, that's it. Um, We'll we'll end in Spain. Okay. Um, Really quick, Real Madrid beat Hatafe 3-1. Ronaldo, two goals. Bill, one more. They're they're not going to do anything. No, don't care. Um, Only good thing for Real Madrid, getting this win confidence, and they play PSG fairly soon without Neymar, so they go through probably. They'll go through. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Valencia beat Betis 2-0 still kind of irrelevant but hey we like Valencia <laughs> it's all good Great. Yep. Uh, Barcelona let's talk about what matters yeah, okay let, let me say this the title race is over mm. Barcelona won this game it is now and I said the title race was over based on the fact that I did not believe Atletico Madrid would beat Barcelona that was what was missed in the last podcast I was right Alex, can you please say I was right? You were right. Thank you. Right. And that's all. We're ending right. the podcast. <laughs> right now, guys, it's all gone. Yep, we're good. 1-0, a messy free kick. I mean, they created some more chances, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah, convincing. If you, if you want to hear more about that messy free kick, you can always tweet Mohamed. That's true. Directly. That's true. Okay, wait. He's not here, so as I said, let me do the Mohamed thing. Messi, oh my god, he's only the best player ever, guys, which is kind of true. But still, what a free kick. A free kick for Messi is just like having a penalty. He would want you to know that he scored three direct free kicks in the last three games. So, there's that. Too. That's actually impressive. It's very Despite impressive. all the nonsense Mona likes to spew, that's impressive. Sonia, do you have a favorite Spanish team? No. <laughs> no fair enough. Go <laughs> do I. It's I mean, Paso used to own a Spanish team, Granada, oh, yeah. and then he sold it and... Yep, that's, that's all I got okay. for that. No, fair enough. Right. I used to have um, my cousin play for um, Granada. Really? Well, he's he was a just a cousin. <laughs> oh. like, this is completely unconfirmed. This what? What? This is like he, when he I... He has my last name. He's from my village. I can't confirm unless you do a DNA test that he's my cousin. But hey! <laughs> I have a very similar story where my whole life I grew up thinking that my grandfather played with young boys. Mm. The Swiss oh, well, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I said it, yeah, I, I wish like, I saw the concern over Shay's face. Uh, <laughs> um, played with a team that is called Young Boys. Yes. Um, turns out, not true whatsoever. It was a story that he just lied to me about. <laughs> and I yes, and I went to their stadium um, that used to, to make matters better and or worse. The Young Boys Stadium, which is now called the Stade Suisse, used to be called Wankdorf. So yeah, yeah. Wankdorf. <laughs> Young boys at Wankdorf. Yep. Yep. That's anyway. Quality. So much wrong with so this. So I went to Wankdorf because that's what it was at the yep. time. We have lost Roche. And um, I went through their archives Wankdorf. trying to find my grandfather. And <laughs> Wankdorf. And yep. it turns out, not a thing. Probably a good thing. Probably um, for the best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now right. I just like this random Swiss club from a canton that I'm not even from because based on this lie. Well, uh, that's great. The fortress. All right. <laughs> if if, uh, if people want to hear more stories like this, Sonia, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> you don't want to find me on the internet. <laughs> um, you can find me on that article I wrote about Javinko being the worst signing oh, in TFC. Why are you bringing this up again? <laughs> I wrote it twice. Two different... Um, no, I'm on Twitter at Sonia Missio. S-O-N-J-A-M-I-S-S-I-O. I don't know if that's necessary. Cool. Um, yeah. And nice. what's the website for the... Unusualefforts.com. Um, there is fantastic writing not done by me and incredible artwork there. It's um, I mentioned before that we have female writers and non-binary writers, but it's football in general. Like It's covering everything. It's, it's really, really good. There are some incredible stories there. Can confirm. It's brilliant. Um, Roche? Yes. Where can we find you on the internet? 
everywhere. On, on, on Instagram. Instagram. I on Instagram, yeah. At Rishé R. Because you weren't going to say it. That's so what I'm going to say. You can find me there. You can find me. You know what? You just have to holler. Okay. Okay. Right just click the holler button. Uh, <laughs> Bernie, where are you? That's all right. That's all right. At Beat 21 on everything. Cool. All right. Now you can what find about, us. What about well, you? At Alex Lucas Nathan, Lucas with a K. Hey, I was we're going to get away with that. It was named after a uh, Hungarian communist poet, so there you go. Mm. Well, you weren't like lied that. to, though. Sorry? You, you weren't lied to, he was a poet. As far as I know. <laughs> Don't <laughs> look it up. Whatever you do, do not look it up. It will destroy you. Never meet your heroes or your grandparents. Um, <laughs> we'll thank see you. We'll see them all back quiz night. Yes, we will see you at the quiz night, March 14th, Opera Bob's. Sonia uh, is a regular participant. Even had, had Stevie Caldwell on her team once, still didn't win, but... We came in second. That was better than when we came in last the time before that. You were on the podium. To, to be fair, Stevie Caldwell did say that Sanchez was a great fit for United. Did he? So does that mean that he's uh, he was wrong. not good at, th- at, at what? Punditry? Yeah. No, he is. Of course oh, he is. I mean, yeah, he's great. Anyway. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you there, Sonia. We will see you there, listener. And if you're listening to us on All In Sports Talk, thank you and let us know. All right. See you next week. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Underthekoshblog.com.